Good evening, everybody. This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Uh, just as always, walking around my neighborhood at night, uh, enjoying the uh, the cooler weather here in Texas, and uh, I'm loving it. Probably going to sound a little bit more out of breath tonight. I uh, practiced jujitsu with my uh, 17-year-old, six-foot-five son for the first time in probably a month or so. Uh, my uh, ribs are starting to get healed up after having uh, cracked them from uh, <laughs> from uh, practicing jujitsu about, like I said, a month ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm out of shape. <laughs> Took a lot out of me, but um, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. I love love rolling with him. But, uh, anyways, uh, I feel like he's getting bigger each time uh, I roll with him too. Like he's just uh, he's a big boy. But uh, six five two fifteen, I think. 210, 215, so solid kid. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I wanted to uh, talk tonight about uh, uh, an interesting subject that I came up with about a couple minutes ago, actually, and that is buybacks. And for those of you who don't know what buybacks are, and I think a lot of people here are rolling their eyes, but believe it or not, there's going to be a lot of people out there that don't know what buybacks are. So um, here's an intro to buybacks. What a buyback is, is when a baseball card company like Topps, for instance, uh, takes a card that's already been produced and they might stamp it or encase it uh, and seal it with a sticker or have a player autograph it and, uh, you know, insert it into one of their products, one of their new products. For example, um, let's say uh, 1991 Topps... Uh, Jack Morris. Okay, so uh, Tops might uh, take that card, which is generally going to be, you know, a card that's worth a penny, if that, and uh, they might have uh, Jack Morris sign that card, and they might stamp it by saying, uh, you know, 40th anniversary or 65th anniversary or whatever it is, um, and they might have different colors of foil uh, to have different. Uh, parallels of that buyback, or they might serial number them. They might also put a holographic sticker with a COA on the back. They might also uh, put it into OneTouch and put a specially branded sticker over the OneTouch uh, to make it look uh, like it's uh, kind of uncirculated, like it's not it's, uh, something that anybody just got it signed uh, by Morris. So they've been doing this a lot recently, and I'll tell you kind of the uh, uh, the first ones that I've heard about this uh, about them doing this is uh, and you know gosh guys it, this is not going to be a full comprehensive list of buybacks okay it's going to be basically what I remember uh, from my memory so uh, first buybacks that I'm aware of that I remember off the top of my head are from 1991 and Topps was doing it as a 40th anniversary. Uh, special, uh, basically. Okay, so <laughs> I had to stop it for a second here because uh, as I was doing this podcast, I noticed a notification from uh, both Holly and Atticus on my phone. And uh, just real quick, it was funny. Uh, Holly goes, uh, goes uh, um, Atticus wants to know if he can go to school tomorrow with a beard, or with half a beard. And uh, I look at the text and Atticus goes, can I go to school with half a beard? 
they sent me a picture and like he literally has half of his face shaved <laughs> so i guess i had to be the bad guy and say no are you nuts anyways i don't know maybe i should have i don't know but anyways back to uh back to baseball cards so uh in 1991 tops uh they did a 40th anniversary promotion where uh they randomly inserted one card uh, one of every card that they uh, put out uh, from 1957 until 1990. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, uh, the 1952 cards to 1956 were redemptions because they were a little bit bigger. They wouldn't have fit in the 1991 Topps packs. Um, but one lucky guy apparently was able to win the sweepstakes where... Uh, he ended up uh, winning a complete set all the way from 1952 all the way up to 1991. So how cool is that, by the way? Could you imagine? I think that'd be kind of a really fun project to work on. Now, of course, it'd be like <laughs> legit expensive. I mean, that's a that's a lot of money right there. You, you're looking at the 52 mantle and all the other uh, mantles in, uh, from 52 to 69. And then the mazes and Robinsons and Aaron's and all them uh but anyways uh really cool idea now the difference or the thing that's interesting is uh i was right in the thick of things in 1991 i loved opening packs it was like what i lived for i never found so much as a 1986 tops common <laughs> as i opened 91 tops uh packs not only that i didn't even hear of anybody uh pulling even a common card uh, in 91 uh, through those packs. So that goes to show you how many uh, cards were produced. And, and just to kind of give you an idea, it's speculated that there were uh, 4 million uh, 1991 top baseball cards that were produced of every single card. So we're not just talking 4 million print run total of everything. We're talking... Oh man, it's like 4 million times 792. Uh, I can't do that on the fly, but I, I, did, uh, I did write an article about it years ago. I feel I could be wrong, but I feel like uh, there's something along the lines of a total print run of like 5.5 billion cards for 91 tops. Maybe it was all cards in 91. Um, I don't know, but it was you know, really insane. So when you think about that, uh, you know, and you think about the odds of pulling a uh, 1986 tops Willie McGee, for instance, have a pack of 1991 tops. Uh, the odds are astronomical because they made so stinking much of that product. Whereas nowadays, with a breaker, uh, let's say 2019 National Treasures or something, uh, you could have like ultra low card, low number cards out of five, and you know it wouldn't be out of the question that within the first two weeks of the release all five of whatever copy it is would be pulled you know because there's so fewer uh cards that are they're produced nowadays um so the next type of buybacks that uh have come onto my radar they're on my radar rather uh uh happened i believe about 2000 and that is from uh i believe that they're inserted in uh, SP authentic and uh, so they would uh, they actually did a bunch of buybacks of several players 
of course, but uh, with uh, Kinseiko, for instance, um, they had one of uh, each of his cards, if I remember correctly, in SP uh, right up until 2000. So, and they're very low numbered. So 93 SP, uh, that buyback, for instance, had like 23 or 24 copies, which is just an iconic card for any Kinseiko collector because uh, it's a picture of him pitching as a member of the Rangers. Um, it's uh, the first SP card, obviously the Jeter is in there. So uh, really, really cool stuff. Um, 94, 95, 96, they vary as far as uh, numbers go. Uh, but and they're all hand numbered by the way and they've got like a sticker and they came with like a little card that was like a COA um, so uh, uh, a lot of those were numbered like out of six or seven or twenty and those cards like even though they're commons uh, basically aside from being signed and numbered uh, they go for big money potentially so which is a uh, kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, but anyway, so those are big deal. Um, I guess it really kind of depends on the collector, uh, the, the player collecting pool. So like for instance, uh, somebody, uh, people that collect, I don't know, Bobby Bonilla or something, you know, they might not care a whole lot about buybacks, I'm not sure, but for other collectors, they might care a great deal uh, where they might not see just a base card that was signed that you can do through the mail for free. They might see uh, that serial number only and how uh, if there's only seven copies and you know 15 people want it, then that could be like a highly sought after card. So for me personally, um, as a super collector back then, of course, I wanted all of them. Now, uh, I haven't, I've seen a number of them come to market that I uh, didn't even really uh, see as a super collector but uh, so the only one that I picked up was uh, the 93 because that's the one that I care most about just kind of as a you know as a one and done thing for me I guess you could say um, so uh, beyond that uh, you know I don't think SP did that ever again um, at least for Conseco so you know if it's not for him then it was off my radar so uh uh, but 2001, Donruss started uh, doing some of the stuff where uh, they would actually randomly insert uh, box toppers, I guess you could call them, where they were actually uh, graded by BGS, and it would they would call them Donruss Originals, if I remember correctly. And so uh, there's not really a huge market for these because... There's no marking other than on the case itself that they're anything special at all whatsoever. Um, I like them just because they're uh, extra things to add to my collection to differentiate my collection over everybody else's. Um, but, you know, I, nowadays I, I really couldn't give a rip about, about those myself. Uh, there are some that were signed, which are really cool. But um, And they'd have some that were like, you know, base cards that were like BGS 7 or something. <laughs> It's like, huh, this card is literally worth like a dime. Interesting. Uh, but they, they got their act together in 2002, I believe. And they started uh, doing buybacks, for instance, of the A6 Donner Street Rookie, the, the Rookies card, and highlights. They did some for 
87 dollars 88 dollars and they're they're big ticket items um they hardly show up um i was able to get the rated rookie uh version back which is the only one they cared about and uh so i was super happy to have gotten that one back in the i had the one that was the rookies i've actually had you know in spite of it being low numbered uh, i've had i think probably three or four copies and i just recently got rid of uh my other copy because I just really don't care about it. Um, I cared about the rated rookie and that was it. Um, still a really cool card, but you know, for somebody that's just trying to get a single representation of everything, that rated rookie card was was it for me, and I couldn't be happier with uh, with it. So uh, I think Donners did it maybe a few more times. Leaf actually, uh, you know, when they came back, uh, they did a buyback of the Ray Rookie in 2014, I think. Uh, but, you know, the, the regular, the, they're called a recollection collection, is what the 2002 and 2003s are uh, called, I believe. Those are really the ones that, that uh, are the ones to have. Uh, yeah, the 2014 Leaf buybacks are cool, but, um, you know, they, uh, they don't do as well on, market, uh, on the market as the uh, recollection collection cards do, so. Uh, anyways, uh, so going forward, um, this is kind of where things get like really, really interesting. Um, this is where Tops decided to come back in. Now they did a few other buyback things like 2004. I think they did some uh, Tops originals uh, where they would do like one of ones and maybe other low number ones. I'm not really sure. Uh, they're cool. They're, they've been easily faked. Like I've seen a number of, uh, of faked ones out there because they're... Uh, all they are really is they're hand numbered uh, 01-01 for the one of ones, for instance. Uh, they're signed and there's a little hologram sticker on the back of the card and they're encased in this, uh, um, in this little plastic case with like a hologram logo over the top and bottom. Now those are easily faked, not so much the autograph, like, but you can get an autograph uh, from pretty much anybody nowadays. And so... You know, a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll take a card, like a base card, like for instance, let's say, uh, you know, 1984, Don, uh, 1984 Tops Don Mattingly, have Mattingly sign it, no problem. And then somebody else will hand number it one of one and take a donor Tops Originals card, yank off the sticker on the back and put it on the back of the Mattingly and, uh, you know, use that uh, holder and the, and the stickers uh, to encase it themselves, and voila, you have a one-of-one one checklisted Topps Originals Don Mattingly autograph. Uh, problem is, is you know, you just uh, um, you don't know what's real and what's not as far as those go. So uh, you've really got to do your research out there to look at past sales. You know, just protect yourself. So uh, now, as far as other buybacks, I mean, there are a few other things that they've done. But where they really hit was 2015. And so I think you all know where I'm going with this because uh, we're starting our fourth year, I believe, of Tops hitting this really hard. Uh, it's called the Tops Archives Signature Series. And what that is, is they, they've taken a number of cards, like a lot of them, uh, and they will have a player sign them. And then uh, Tops will stamp it, which is good because that makes it uh, near impossible to reproduce. Uh, and obviously people can, but 
you know, you have to have a lot more technology to do, uh, to do that sort of thing. So anyways, they'll stamp it. It says, you know, 2015 Tops Archive Signature Series, and then they'll serial number it and, uh, you know, then they'll encase it and put, put a sticker over it and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, good on Tops for doing that as well added security, um, for, for the stamping. But, uh, I'll tell you what, I remember the first time I saw them because like, uh, it was, uh, around, I think the end of 2015, I'm just searching eBay like I always did. And I saw a uh, slightly off center, eh, decent condition, not really good. Uh, 1988 tops can say go buy back autograph. I believe is out of like 24 or something. I go, Oh my gosh, this is something special. So I pull the trigger and I'm like super pumped because in my head, I knew that the, uh, Donruss recollection collections were a big deal. The SP buybacks were a big deal. And now I found a tops one. I was so pumped. So I got it. And then like, I think 45 minutes later, uh, 1991 tops buyback, uh, popped up. I go, huh, that's interesting. And get that one. And, uh, you know, through the next like couple months, the market seemingly flooded, was seemingly flooded with these cards. I was like, oh man, and it would have been helpful and nice to have had a checklist to see what there were because we didn't know at that point if there was going to be like one one of one or if there were going to be like a hundred one of ones. So we found out very quickly that there was more than one one of one. Uh, and I do remember battling it out with somebody uh, for a one of one back then. Uh, and I lost, and that card went for $500. And it was just a buyback, 2015 Tops buyback. And nothing really crazy special about it, but I was kind of bummed. And I was like, oh man, I hope they have, uh, you know, hope they have other ones out there. Well, sure enough, they. At all kinds of them, they had all kinds of one ones out of twos, out of threes, out of fours, out of fives. Uh, it just was really nutty. And I loved them though at that point and because it was kind of like they took my childhood and they made them special, which I really do like that idea. I think it really is neat uh, for, an, for uh, you know, being able to uh, make something that's otherwise worthless valuable um and not just from a nostalgia uh perspective but also from a value perspective as well um so <laughs> kind of cool you know 1986 tops they uh you know can rookie they had uh five of them they're they're numbered out five so i ended up getting that really excited about that the uh a7 tops rookie cup card everybody knows i was wild about that and uh you know, so I picked up that. It was number 14. And, uh, you know, just really, really loving it. So, and then 2016 came around and wasn't too terribly excited about this. But uh, they ended up uh, releasing most of the other cards again. And so they released another 1986 Tops trade Canseco buyback. Looked exactly the same, except for like... The number on the uh, stamp was different because it's 2016 instead of 2015. And it was like gold, I think, instead of silver. Um, the sticker on the case itself was um, on the other side, like on the left instead of the right or something like that. 
Um, other than that, it was the same card, signed, serial numbered, but this time that super special card uh, that I had just purchased like a year before that was numbered out five. Uh, well, this one was numbered out 15. And uh, I remember going, man, that's, that's kind of crappy, that sucks. Uh, and then uh, the Rookie Cup card that was numbered out 14, well, this one was numbered out 94 that they uh, produced for 2016. So I wasn't too happy about that. Um, but as a super collector, I knew that I wanted to get every single version. And uh, so, you know, it kind of drug on. I think uh, 2017, if I remember correctly, they released the 1986 Tops uh, card again. And it was numbered out of 20. And it was signed. And it just, uh, you know, looked the same as the others. Uh, just kind of a kind of a strange deal. But, um, you know, in 2019... In fact, like uh, I just saw the a buyback for 2019, uh, 1986 top straight Conseco, but the one of one this time. So uh, obviously I wasn't interested in that, um, but it was just kind of a strange thing because they started out having one that was out of five, then out 15, then out 20, and then the one of one, which by the way, they did a Topps Originals one of one back in 2004. <laughs> so, you know, you have like, all these several different types. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do is, while I'm on with you right now, I'm going to scroll over to my website and uh, at kensecocollector.com, and I'm going to do a search on 1986 tops. So that way I can tell you how many of the 1986 tops flavors of Kinseco there were. So let me scroll there now. Get to it. So we have obviously the A6 tops traded. Um, early on, they had an A6 tops traded mug, uh, porcelain golden signature series. Uh, I had a signature series proof of that. One that was four by six that was called the heirloom tradition. Another version of that one, a magnet. Uh, another version of the same magnet. Another version of the same magnet. Uh, Another porcelain card, uh, another porcelain card, another porcelain card. So these are all different versions. Um, and then there's a Topps Tiffany version. And this is all like 86 stuff, right? So then uh, 2003 uh, Topps has a gallery style, which is kind of neat actually. Then 2003 Topps, they have a shoebox style, uh, same card, uh, you know, but it's like a reproduced per version. It's not like a buyback. Um, then 2015 is the Archive Signature Series out of five. 2016, they uh, release what's called the Anthology 5x7s. And one's out of, numbered out of 499. One's numbered out of 10. One's numbered out of 49. Then the 2016, that's numbered out of 15, that's autographed. Then they also have, in 2017, they have uh, buybacks where it says uh, Rediscover Tops on the side and it, they have the bronze the silver um i think they had a gold i don't think i ever got that one and maybe they had some others as well and then 2017 tops originals um uh numbered out of 20 like i had said before so uh that's and, and by the way uh they also had some others they had uh i think there's a 65th anniversary that might have been uh, stamped like 
red, blue, gold, bronze, silver, whatever. Uh, and I know that in the past couple of years, they've also uh, put out a couple others for their sets, like as a commemorative deal. So they're all the same card, <laughs> you know, they, some of them have been reprinted um, to fit their sets and they're not buybacks, but you know, all of those are of 1986 tops, which is kind of crazy for me to think, but I guess, uh, to step back as somebody that's not a super collector, I've, I think I've got to realize that, you know, maybe this is okay because, uh, you know, I don't have to get every single one of them. And even when it comes to like the base cards, like they have like a, uh, I think 2019 tops iconic reprint set. I think, uh, they put Kinseiko in there and, uh, you know, uh, I, I ha I picked it up because it's, uh, part of my base run but it makes me wonder if I want to continue chasing these even though they're base and there's not really you know I mean these are like you know 50 cent cards so it's not really a big deal um yeah it's not like having to you know find several that are numbered out of you know one five ten twenty five or whatever uh but you know it gets kind of boring when you go through a binder and every other page has the a6 tops card in a different rendition of it so uh yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, not just when it comes to the, to these cards, but also, uh, uh, for just the designs that a lot of these, uh, card companies are coming out with, uh, they're, they're playing heavy on the retro, uh, motif and that's fine. And I get it. I understand. I mean, we're, uh, this hobby as it is in many ways was born out of, uh, the awesome designs of the 80s and 90s. I get it completely, but I almost feel like it's kind of like a crutch because there's not any competition nowadays. Uh, and so they know that they can get away with this. And I'm not calling out any specific card company or anything like that. And, you know, again, I don't think there's anything wrong going retro, but, uh, I feel like at some point there needs to be a time where uh, all the card companies step away and say, okay, we're not going to be messing with uh, new renditions of the classics anymore. We're going to go forward and we're going to do uh, some really innovative things. And I think some of these card companies really are uh, doing that, to be honest with you. I mean, there's some beautiful cards that they put out nowadays. There really is. I just wish that... Uh, they kind of walked away from <laughs> from doing the retro stuff and you know leave those alone for a while, uh, especially the buybacks. But again, that's me. That's just me. I don't know if anybody else is uh, is thinking that. And it is kind of fun if you're uh, opening packs to have a um, an older card come out that's uh, serial numbered. So I guess I can kind of see where they're coming from. And plus, you've got to think about this also. So this is kind of going against my original theory about this. Um, but I believe probably what Tops did is they acquired maybe 50 or 100 of each base card of every player, and they told every player to just sign all of them. And they uh, then have those piles to draw off of over the past, like, or for the next, like, several years. And so they're just trickling them in. So from a business perspective, I think it's probably a magnificent idea. Um, it's just... Uh, you know, again, maybe I'm speaking from uh, the ghost of a super collector's uh, perspective here, but, uh, you know, when you're going after every single type of them, it's no fun, you know, because, like, it makes you feel like the special card that you have 
is no longer special when they keep reproducing them uh, and continue to uh, put out the same card, but just with like a different color stamp or something. So uh, as it sits right now, I think, I think I only have three buybacks. So I believe I've got the, uh, the recollection collection 2002, I believe. Uh, Donner's Raider Rookie, the 93 SP Rangers Pitcher card, and uh, I think it's 1995, 95 or 96, Finest Refractors, one of one, Topps Archives uh, buyback. It's, uh, it's a special card to me because, uh, you know, at least for up till this point, um, I've never seen another buyback refractor of Canseco. And, uh, so it's a beautiful card, special card. And as a matter of fact, uh, whenever I looked it up last, which was probably like 2017, I only saw like maybe two or three other refractors uh, that, that were buybacks that were one of, one of ones for anybody. So that makes it a little extra special. But again, here I am uh, in 2019 and you know I'm looking and I wonder if Topps is gonna have other refractor buybacks of him. And no doubt they probably will at some point. Uh, not sure how I'll feel about that. If it'll take away a little bit of my feeling of you know, it's specialness or not, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's fun, at least for now, knowing that, like, I have the only one. At least it's come to market. You know, who knows what else is out there, though, right? But, uh, anyway, so those are the three buybacks I have right now, and I'm very content and very happy with them. So, um, I guess that's all I have for tonight. Uh, very, uh, very kind of fun uh, talking about these, though, with you, and um, you know, kind of getting my thoughts out there as far as uh, buybacks go and where my hope is that we'll uh, turn in the hobby as far as uh, these retro designs and everything. And uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, I feel that uh, uh, I feel that the car companies will ultimately do the right thing and start uh, start making some, uh, you know, really awesome sets. And who knows, you know, down the road, we might have a number of competing licensed cards uh again i mean i don't know how far into the future tops has a uh has a license an exclusive license but uh you know who knows uh from 1980 to 1990 i think it was or 91 like we jumped from one card company to uh you know like having like almost like 10 or 15 card types so it's really exciting so we'll see what happens i mean could you imagine if panini gets a license you know i mean you know, I, I like them as it is uh but uh you know tops has been killing it recently with uh, some great designs and stuff so imagine you know if panini comes in there imagine if leaf comes in there i mean whew, it'd be awesome anyways all right so thank you guys for uh listening i hope you all have a great night and uh, uh if you have any questions for me or want to reach out at tan man bb fan on twitter uh thanks again